Welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode three thirty-six. I'm your host Ryan Johnson. We got Tim Spence here. How you doing? Hello. I'm okay, flying into you? this intro. Uh, Matt Lawrence, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, no Adriano today. I uh, I ran him over again. <laughs> Jesus, Matt. Uh, some of the top stories today include Sony reversing course on uh, discontinuing their PS3 and Vita stores. Uh, however, they did not reverse the decision on the uh, PSP store. I think that's still getting shut down. Uh, PS5 will have more exclusives than previous consoles, according to CEO, um, Sony's uh, Jim Ryan. Discord is apparently not going to be bought by Microsoft. Also, Microsoft's xCloud beta arrives on iOS and PC. Uh, it says this week, but I, I think it was on the 20th, so that's already happened. Hopefully, you're lucky enough to get an invite. And Overwatch 2, uh, director Jeff Kaplan announced he's leaving Blizzard. Now, I put this one in here, hoping Adrian would be here. Because I'm, I'm the only one who really kind of cares about Overwatch. So, anyway, we'll talk about it a bit. Uh, what's new with you guys? Tim, what's new with you? Um, Just been still grinding away the old Oblivion and really doing the Shivering Isles DLC for the first time. I'm pretty sure I played through most of it back in the day, but uh, I never actually did like any of the side stuff. For whatever reason, I don't know. I was like, I guess, curious to see what happens at the end of it and i just only did the main story um and just like flew through it as fast as i could so i've been really taking my time with it like exploring pretty well every cave or dungeon or whatever that i come across and um doing side quests and stuff too and i'm pretty sure i've come across like some of my favorite quests in all of oblivion just in the shivering isles alone like there's such cool ideas for quests and stuff like there's one where you basically come across a fort where there was an attack and a bunch of people died and you know you the, you look into it and it turns out that they like the reason that everybody died was because there were people that were supposed to fulfill their duties and they just didn't for whatever reason like one or another and so Shiagorath who's like the Daedric prince of uh of the Shivering Isles like cursed them all to suffer their fate for over and over repeating for eternity um so it's kind of like a groundhog day kind of thing where you kind of need to like keep going through the events over and over again and then uh like help the people like resolve the issues that they uh that they didn't resolve basically or like help them achieve their thing so it's like the one person is standing guard on the on the one like post over the doorway or the gateway where all of the marauders got in but they didn't have any arrows so they couldn't fight back with their bow and it's like another guy was a mage, but he was out of magicka or whatever. And just stuff like that. So it's uh it's it's really cool because like you get to kind of see the events happening over and over and then you kind of help them resolve them and stuff. And it's just the way that it was presented was really well done. Um and I think it might also be the fact that like I've played <clears throat> played so much Oblivion in the past like month or so. I just, uh, having that, like, even just very slight change in scenery in a different area was, like, really nice. Um, seeing all the, like, the wackiness and stuff. Because I remember it being kind of silly when I played through it, um, when I was, I don't know, 16 or whatever. Um, but it's, uh, it's cool to see in a, in a different light and, like, paying more attention and appreciating it a bit more, I think. It's uh it's really cool though. I I definitely fully recommend like I know that people talked a big game about it before, but 
but then actually getting to do it was like all right yeah this is this expansion lives up to the hype this is really good does that expansion come with the uh the game pass version yeah i'm pretty sure any edition of oblivion anymore is uh is only going to be the game of the year edition same on uh, steam as well i think you can only buy the game of the year edition on steam now was it was it Oblivion that had the horse armor? Was that the big controversy? About yeah, this, that was the big controversial one back. And do you in the get day. that with this or no? Yeah, is that you get still all in the, the little? Game? Yep, you get all the little expansion packs as well. So there's minor DLCs as well, um, which are like mm. basically they're just like mini quests that you get right out the gate. Um, whenever you install them, like you boot up your character, and then all the quests just pop up, and you can go do them anytime. So there's one where you like repair and like a uh, like an astronomy uh viewing deck in the uh mages guild and that one just gives you like a random buff depending on when you like activate it like what day it is of the week when you activate it and what time um there's one to get like a uh, a mysterious like weapon that's like a the demon dagger kind of thing then there's obviously the horse armor and then there's some player houses too there's like a, a big mages tower called frostcrag spire there's a a warrior fort it's called Battlehorn Castle. Um, that one's like great. A, yeah, yeah. Battlehorn's really good because it's it's cool because there's sort of like some of them even have fairly lengthy quest lines to follow as well. So the Battlehorn one is uh is cool and there's little side things too. Like if you hunt Minotaur or uh, mountain lions or Spriggans or whatever, and you bring back their parts, there's like a guy who like that you hire eventually when you like have kitted out the the castle, um, who will like taxidermy the stuff for you so you can have like a hall full of bears and minotaurs and mountain lions and stuff it's cool um and then there's like a a a like a pirate cave and you can become a pirate leader kind of thing you can like send out your crew they'll go get loot for you every week there's like a vampire cave there's a bunch of stuff so it's um it's pretty cool and uh i kind of ignored all of that stuff because i only ever kind of wanted to do the same things over and over as a kid when i played this game so like doing the main story and like or doing the thieves guild or you know that sort of thing so it's been really cool to kind of work my way through all these dlcs and check out all the stuff i missed because it's like i've i've have so many hours in oblivion over the years but there's so much of it that i really never dug into um and it's it's kind of like it's when you uh it's like when you have this this thing that you really really love and you've played it to death and you're like oh man i wish there was more like something new something fresh and then it's just kind of been there the whole time that you never even decided to dig into. So maybe my experience is kind of unique, but um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been really really good to uh, go back through it all again. Well, that's pretty cool to find something you you like so much that you didn't try when you were younger. And yeah, I still don't know. be something new and, and refreshing. Yeah, it's like I I don't know. I've I've played hundreds of hours of Dark Souls, but I've done absolutely everything in it. So there's nothing fresh that I could do in Dark Souls anymore, aside from like right. maybe like a playthrough, the like a build I've never done before kind of thing. But even then, you know, it's it's cool to like see new content, um, like voice acting and characters you've never met before and things like that. What's your thoughts on Knights of the Nine? Because I know that that, game, that that gets not as much hype as Serving yeah. Owls, but like I actually don't like it. Yeah, I... I remember doing knights of the nine and it's a pretty tedious quest line i haven't done i it thought in a that long too time. it's pretty tedious i think the story's not as good um as like shivering isles it's not as like involved you don't see as many characters a lot of it's just kind of like you and a couple npcs and that's it 
like there's there's really not that much to it it's very kind of samey and then it's a lot of dungeon delving to find like ancient you know like uh paladin armor pieces and things like that which in itself is cool but um i don't know i feel like it wasn't enough to like they released knights of the nine and they released shivering isles as like separate expansions shivering isles adds a whole new area all new characters and quest lines and stores and gear pieces and armor pieces and and spells and all this shit and creatures and stuff knights of the nine doesn't add that much so for the two of them to be treated kind of equally seems silly to me like it's 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 disappointing for what it is i would say like overall it's cool but definitely leaves you wanting more i kind of found that knights of the nine was kind of a it kind of felt like the classic like knights of the round table type of thing maybe that's why people like it so much i know it doesn't it's not actually that story by any means, but it's kind of like that realm of knights or whatever. And Well, and like with these games too, like I I kind of like to RP the characters a little bit. So like I try to make decisions based on like what I think that character would do. Mm-hmm. And like, so if I have like, I'm not going to do all four guilds with one character. Like I'm not going to do Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood and Mages Guild and Fighters Guild. Because it's like, what kind of person does all that? Like it's, it's not the kind of, character that this character is like if you were going to do a 100% completionist run like for the sake of that then maybe yeah but um for example like I did the mages guild and the dark brotherhood on my playthrough because dark brotherhood's like you know anybody could be an assassin or like a murderer or whatever and I kind of wanted to see if I could do the dark brotherhood perfectly with magic only mm-hmm. which isn't super doable to be honest um the uh but then, like, yeah, I did all the Mage's Guild, and that was fun. But, like, I don't, I wouldn't really want to do, like, Fighter's Guild, but only use magic. I guess it's kind of a gimmicky thing you could do. But, and then, like, Thieves' Guild, and only use magic. But aside from that, like, um, so when it comes to Knights of the Nine, I'm just like, why would a wizard seek out, like, this ancient set of paladin armor? That doesn't make any sense. So I just have kind of thought, like, for RP purposes, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense that uh, my character would do the Knights of the Nine. So I'm for not fun. doing Knights of the Nine. Yeah, like I I would do it, but maybe on like a different character. I can't remember if the DLC in that game, I believe Shivering Isles does have a a level uh suggestion. I don't know if it's a requirement. I know that in Morrowind Solstheim is notoriously difficult and you're supposed to really not really not even approach it until level 20-ish. Hmm. Um I think Shivering Isles has a similar thing. I wonder if Knights of the Nine does. I don't really remember that. But I was, I don't know, I was curious if, if it did, like, did it warn you when you went through the portal the first time? No, you can, so the thing about uh, Oblivion is that, like, the whole game is scaled to you. Like, nothing is, there's there isn't really any area that you shouldn't go right um, at level one, except for maybe, like, specific areas where specific enemies spawn. Like, there are certain caves where these special kind of trolls spawn and like trolls are would be really friggin' hard to kill at level one. Yeah. Um, and I think there's like one grove that's like South of the Imperial city where the unicorn is, where I think minotaurs always spawn there. Um, yeah. Like guarding unicorn. the unicorn. Yeah. Guarding but the I unicorn. Might, yeah. But I might be wrong. I haven't, it's again, I haven't gone there at level one in like 10 years. So I can't remember, but there are certain areas, but it's not, the vast majority of the game it's like a couple of places and like when you go into um 
Shivering Isles, it didn't it didn't say anything like that. What's funny is like the only things that have a level requirement are the Daedric shrines. So, oh right. Like Nocturnal and Hearseen and uh you know Hermaeus Mora, etc. They all they all have a level requirement. Mm-hmm. Um so that's the only things that you really can't do in this game at level one are like any of the Daedric Shrines. I'm pretty sure even the lowest level requirement, because they all have like a different requirement. I think even the lowest level requirement one is is level two. So Which would be a quick a quick change or like a quick way to get there. But I mean some of these quests you don't really need this stuff from them till later anyway, so Yeah, so like very minor spoilers. There's a part in the main story where you have to um you have to acquire a uh, a Daedric artifact and uh have it give it to uh, a character so they can like use it in a ritual basically. Mm-hmm. Um and that destroys it in the process. So the only one that you can get at level one is um, a recurring item in the series, uh, the sword Umbra. Oh, yeah. Uh, always exists in the game's inventory, no matter what level you are. You just have to go to a certain character and they have it. So you can uh, you can do that. And I'm pretty sure that's what the like level one speed run of the game uses. Like they just go straight to that location. They kill the character. They take the sword. And then they do the main story up to that part and give the sword as the uh, artifact. But, um, I don't know. Overall, like, Oblivion's a really good game. Um, I think that it doesn't get the, like, Skyrim gets all the hype, I think. But I think Oblivion is really that good balance between, like, an old-school RPG and a modern RPG. It really it really fits in between Morrowind and Skyrim really well, I think. Morrowind is a little too og rpg for me um and skyrim is kind of they they simplified too much for the sake of uh accessibility i think in skyrim just the fact that you can't even like make your own magic spells and stuff like that and a lot oh, of the, i forgot uh, all about that yeah and then the a lot of the storylines for the main um guilds and things are, are not as cool no as, definitely uh, not as in uh, oblivion like the dark brotherhood way worse Although there, I forgot there's a portion of the Dark Brotherhood in Oblivion that is really tedious. It's like, go here, kill this person. Go here, kill this person. Go here, kill this person. And there's no, like, special way to do it. No special requirement. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like five quests in a row where it's like, yeah. go to the dead drop, get the contract, go kill the person, go to the dead drop, get the contract. And it's like, it's a, there's a story purpose to it. Um, but uh, the first half of Dark Brotherhood is really, really good. And then the middle is like, or I guess just after the middle is uh is kind of tedious, and then the end is super super good. But yeah, Dark Brotherhood in Skyrim is like poopy poop dog water compared to compared to Oblivion. Everything in Skyrim, I don't know, it just felt very like watered down. I I'm the, I feel the same as I can't remember. Uh, I can't really remember any of the quests, short of maybe some of the early ones in 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 that game in Skyrim at all. Mm-hmm. But I can remember a bunch of the Oblivion quests. Everybody remembers the murder mystery mansion. Oh yeah, there's one in um, there's one in Fallout Four as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like there's a there's a certain charm that uh, they kind of left me wanting in in Skyrim. But anyway, that's yeah, that's it. That's all I've been doing. Just Oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what about you? Uh, so we've been I've been doing two things. So I've been doing uh, Outriders with Ryan actually. Uh, hitting the oh, Outriders yeah. pretty hard these days. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I say pretty hard, but the game's getting more hard than like, it's not like oh, we're yeah. playing we it more. We're just getting our asses kicked, kicked more. Yeah. Holy <laughs> um, cow. 
We yeah, so we this game was was a game where we we mentioned it before where you could always kind of get, you know, you get in trouble, have some trouble and you come up with a couple strategies, one of them would work and and then that's it. Um we kind of got to a point where we're playing with another guy Alex that we know and like we got stuck at this one part where so Ryan got kicked out due to this weird bug and we just like tried it once cuz the guy was about to leave uh, for the night and we got destroyed him and I. So then uh Alex leaves and Ryan joins my game and we try it again. And I got destroyed again. We 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 both did five six times in a row. So Ryan leaves, and I get pissed off. So I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm just fucking gonna try this thing over and over again. So, uh, like solo. So I try it solo and accidentally leave my party open. To my benefit, some random guy joins. Now I'm level twenty six or twenty seven at this time. Guy that joins is level thirty, and he comes he comes in. I don't know what class he was, but he had to stay close to them. So I think he was the same class as me. I'm not sure. And I kept dying and dying and dying. Like, I wasn't doing well. And this guy was just in amongst them, not dying. And I was kind of just watching. There's little buff icons that appear. So I was kind of watching those. And he would drop really low sometimes, his health would, if he if his buffs ran out. But then he would immediately recover, and then his buffs would all come back. So I took it upon myself, because the game mechanics are relatively simple in this game. So I took it upon myself that night, because all this happened within a couple of hours. Uh, to look at look this up a little bit and just sort of more or less look it up in the game. Look at my look at my guns, kind of take stock. What do I got? What can I improve? You know, I've been more or less at this point churning through loot. Oh, this has higher firepower. I'm just going to get rid of it soon anyway because I'll level up, whatever. And it was my estimate, which ended up being correct, that the maximum character level was 30. And I was, like I said, around 26, 27. So based on that assumption, that's when I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to invest all these supplies that I've been getting from dismantling loot all this time. And I'm going to choose the best loot in my inventory and try to actually improve my stuff. So I did that, went back, did another quest um, myself, just one that we had already done. I just redid it to learn some of the mechanics a little bit more because the game was more or less like a shooter to me. And I started just learning like, okay, this gun's going to heal me. This gun's heavy damage. This is just like my build. This armor buffs this. This armor does this. This armor does this. I'm going to mod this armor so I can do this. And I kind of got that down. So that's kind of what Outriders has become to me is like I've started to like actually build my character. What I like about it, though, is that it's not like a traditional game, like a looter shooter where it starts getting really complicated choosing what gear is the best. It's almost just like a Call of Duty attachment system where you have two mods on your gun and there's a, there's a few effects. You can level up the gun's effects or you can level up the gun because the gun has like a generic level like, hey, this is a level 33 gun, whatever, right? And you can upgrade that. And then there's just two mod slots. You can only mod one of them and then the other one gets locked forever. But as far as I know, but the other one that you modded, you can keep changing it out. So you can just keep trying new things with that one mod. Just make sure the one is the one that you want. So I kind of changed my skills to to be tailored to the equipment I had and stuff like this. And that's kind of where we're at. Although we still we still have trouble. Like uh, we did um, the next night, we did a bunch of the game. Probably, I mean, I've never played it before, but I'm going to guess probably 70% of the uh, the act that we're on. And we got to a point where... Uh, it was just Ryan and I, and we were just doing a side mission and we get to this end, this end room in this side mission and this big like shaman warlock or something shows up God. and he fucking killed. Like, I mean, it was like, it wasn't like, oh, this is a challenge. It was like, oh, this is broken. Like, this is no longer, it was like, we show up, 
dead. Show up again, dead. Show up again, dead. Okay, I'm going to dodge, dead. Going to go over here, dead. It was just like, <laughs> it was fucking really bad. This guy, from what we can tell, has does not does not require line of sight to attack you. Can attack you from at from any range across the battlefield. Can attack you, or his attack, sorry, do up to or more than uh, more than 50% of my health and I have the most health out of the two of us and we were shooting at him for a while because we it took us five six tries to kill all the ads around him because the ads are also hurting us and it was just him and he still fucked us over so we I looked it up and it's uh our and when I say our I mean like myself and the community is seemingly online it appears to be that this guy's bugged so that it's just this one enemy that appears to be for some reason I guess locked at a higher level or is just way too strong because we turned the world tier down one and we've never had to do that before we turned down the world tier down one and it took us like we survived and at that one world tier lower than what we should have been uh we we were i think i was level 30 ryan's like level 28 we're at like the proper gear score and everything else like i said we're having proper challenges in the game but we're not dying like this and at this level, he would still take 50% or more of my health in an attack. It took about 20 minutes consistently of shooting him. Just 20 minutes. That's how much health he had. So, and he's not some big boss. He didn't have a special health bar like, like the other big bosses do. And we had just faced a big boss and we killed him in like five minutes or less. So there, there's something going on there, whether he's supposed to be a very special challenge for a not very special reward. I don't really know. Um... Although, I, I think we got a legendary from that, so that was okay. But even then, so that's kind of, that was the thing that we really got stuck on. Um, but there's been a few times where we've, had, we've gotten stuck. But I, the game- My favorite part was, because there, it's a multi-leveled level, layer, and like you can go up to the back, and you would run up there and then jump off. And he'd be shooting electric bolts at you as you're falling. You're like, he's, he's killing me faster than gravity can... Yeah, I would drop from a from a top of a balcony and in my mid fall, he would target me like there's like this target where he would launch this these bolts from like the sky, which is like nothing like you're just summoning these lightning bolts down. He wouldn't be targeting me because you could see it clearly. I would jump. I'm falling and not even that far. He would target and hit me before I hit the ground without line of sight. It's just like, holy fuck. Like, it's just so there's so that that was that was a thing. But uh, I don't know. We're pretty equipped. I'm. I have a legendary helmet and two legendary weapons now. Uh, so we're kind of just going to be pushing the story, probably with Alex, just trying to beat it because we're probably. Pff, I don't know. I'm going to say at the most total estimate, like I said, never played before. I'm going to say at the most six zones away, and some of the zones be only close have a, by now. Yeah, and some of the zones only have like one or two missions. So I would say six zones away at the most, based on the size of the map. Um, but I, then again, there's probably some end game stuff that you can do that might be in one of the sections of the map. So I'm not sure. But anyway, it's still super fun. Um, you know, no, no complaints other than that one guy. Uh, the, the challenges were fun to beat, even that one big challenge we had. Uh, and I learned more about the game and stuff like that. Um, on the Morrowind front, I did one uh, long play session. I kind of prefer to play Morrowind in a long play session rather than keep coming back to it. So I did one really long play session this week. And... Uh, it was about four or five hours, maybe. And so not really long, but and I did. So I've I have before the last so the last act in that three act thing, like I've mentioned over the weeks, the last act is two quests, two missions, whatever. 
and I need to get these six votes, basically. Three of the houses are done. That's already over. And I have one vote from one of the other tribes and I'm half done another one. So this one guy wanted me to do a quest for him. I did it. And he's kind of scummy. So he was like, oh, you actually did it. Oh, OK, well, in order to get my vote, I need you to do this. Like he's kind of just kind of being a jerk. So I need to do that. So I, I, I need I'm about a mission and a half away from the end of the game, basically, because uh, the end of the game without reading up on it to me is like you have to kill this one big guy. And then I think there might be like a follow-up quest, but this sort of filler section, as I've been referring to it as, is sort of uh, is sort of ending, which is nice. So yeah, I got about a, I got about a mission and a half to do, and then I'll be in the the home stretch. Which usually when I get to a home stretch of a game, I just do one hell of a long play session and just 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 knock it out. So that that'll be good. And then at some point, uh, Tim and I were talking about we want to maybe try the there's a multiplayer mod. Yeah, open Morrowind. That's basically that's it. what it's called um it seems fairly easy to do because mm-hmm. like the people that made it it's actually there's a there's another mod um that basically like runs a server or like lets you connect two servers that exist and i believe they're local hosted um it just gives you the ability to connect to other people um so there's two major mods but there's enough support behind it and development that uh you you basically just run an install wizard and then it's good to go it's pretty wild and i feel like morrowind for me would be a lot more bearable <laughs> with, with multiple people maybe it would make the game way too easy but it doesn't matter if it's easy if it's fun right so well that's the thing with morrowind too is and that's something i wanted to mention was you know, my characters come a long way. I have like 100 axe and I've been working on the same like heavy armor skills and a little bit of medium here, a little bit of light armor here, here and there, just depending on what I'm wearing, of course, and armor, of course, and stuff like that. And like I'm at sort of like that end game level I've mentioned before. I'm flying around. I got all these enchanted items, this, that and the other thing. But there's something weird about it where there there comes a point in most, I'd say, modern Bethesda games where I go into an area and I just... I have no fear in a follow game. I'm like, oh, look, it's the biggest creature I've ever seen. All right, let's go see if it bleeds like it's there's no fear. Let's just go kill it Uh, in Morrowind. It'll be like, oh, I'm going to go and do this. Like, like I'm super strong. I've killed all these bosses and I've defeated this and I've gone through these these dungeons. I'm going to go in here. Oh, I'm dead. And it's like that classic RPG feel where it's just the enemy has that perfect combination of spells and that perfect combination of things to counter you that just absolutely destroy you and then there's other times where i've been in i've been in fights where i see some big day droth or something and i'm like jesus and i run away because i'm like i'm gonna get my ass kicked and then i'll get cornered and i'll turn around and be like oh here we go and i end up killing the thing in a couple of hits and i'm like oh i guess that was easy so the 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 difficulty because this game as far as i know doesn't scale unless it scales a little bit i'm unaware but as far as i know it doesn't scale you know what? It it might scale a little bit because I do see a lot of like doing this at level one challenges, although that might just be them like using a lot of scrolls and magic stuff. Um, but they're just I don't know it. it The game has that classic RPG feel where it's like the boss or the last guy or even the first guy in a in a dungeon can just absolutely lay you out. And then you just go like next door to like the Daedric Ruin 
and there's like a bunch of Daedra and stuff running around and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to die in here. And you just kill them with ease because like I'm a, I'm a bit of a scumbag. I, I steal a bunch of gems and stuff from the shrines that people donate because I want money. And so uh, the, and so like, I feel like everybody does that. though. Yeah. Games. Like so like Daedra or Dramora or whatever spawn on me. And I kill them, they drop a Daedric weapon, and then I sell that too. So, <laughs> uh, although Daedric weapons in this game are uh, super valuable, um, same with same with uh, Ebony, I have like almost 100 Gs. If I ever need to like pay somebody off, they'll be like, oh, you can like go get your speech craft up or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm, like, here's four grand. I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just that's that's just at the point where I'm at where I'm just like, here you go. Like in my house, I have four like ebony spears I haven't sold on the floor. So I'll just go pick one of them up and sell it for 10 G's. Yeah, it does reach that point for sure. Like, I'm pretty sure I've been floating anywhere on the 80 to 100 K mark in oblivion for like weeks now. Oh, like, it's yeah, just, it's just so much money. Well, the thing with Morrowind, too, is like, OK, so Ebony is worth above 20K, I think, believe, uh, depending on what piece it is. And the maximum a merchant has is 10K. And it's actually not even a real merchant. It is. But it's a, a mud crab. <laughs> There's a mud crab what? merchant in, in Morrowind <laughs> that is a that is a drunk. And he constantly says that he's run out of he's run out of booze. He lives on a little tiny island and I fly there. I go to Vivek and I literally take off and I fly over and I like sell him stuff it's for like he gets it for 10 G's and it's over. It's, some of it's worth like 20, 30 K and I'm selling him for, for 10 because he's the he's the richest merchant. And then I wait 24 hours and sell him another piece because it's just it gets to a point where I'm like, well, I have eight like Daedric swords. Like, I get I need to make money. I'm just going to sell these for even if it's half the value, I'm just going to sell them. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But um, but yeah, I'm definitely I've been backing up my saves and everything, too, in case something happens. Uh, and I, I don't know, I'm having, I'm having a good time now that I'm doing just longer play sessions and fewer of them. So I'm, I'm back to enjoying a little bit of Morrowind and, uh, I'm going to definitely beat it this time. So, which is good. So yeah, that's, uh, that's been my week. Uh, other than Outriders for me, we, um, and then the Matt was part of this too. We, uh, we finished all the archive mission challenges in Overwatch. Um, and one was kind of like really difficult to do um storm raging storm raging and it's where like enemies get more difficult to kill uh if they're enraged and you can see they're enraged they're kind of all sparkly glowy and stuff if you kill them their rage spreads to other enemies who aren't enraged we're having so much trouble with it we tried multiple times kept dying and finally um me and matt actually did it with uh with two random people and uh that was pretty uh quite the accomplishment yeah, we we tried it. We because we've actually did these challenges over a few weeks. I think maybe two and a half weeks ish, yeah. two weeks. Yeah, because uh, it's the event's been going on. Uh, I don't care personally about the event. I don't know anything about Overwatch, but I just kind of wanted to do these challenge levels. And we beat uh, quite a few of them the first the first time we played, like all just right in a row. Had a bit of trouble with a couple, beat those, and then this last one was really killer. And we tr- this was like sort of I guess the third night, and we only tried for like an hour or more uh, each night. Um, and it was all four. It was like, so Marty was there. Adriana was there. Ryan and myself. Um, Marty had some connection issues and had to leave. This was on the night that we beat it. And Adriano played with us for a while, but then eventually left. And I was just like, again, this is just like how my motivation works in my head. So like I get pissed off at something and I'm like, that's it. Like I'm fucking beating this. 
Like now, now I'm angry. I don't even care about Overwatch. Now I'm angry. Now I'm beating this. And so I like, I told Ryan, I'm like, I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to leave my party open if you want to join. And that goes to Adriano too. If you want to join, go ahead. I'm going to fuck go back in here, even with randoms. Like I'm learning how to beat this thing. And then I went, we went back in and we just, we just kicked ass. But we actually, funny enough, it wasn't just luck or whatever. Uh, although there was a little bit of that because of the randoms. But we learned an interesting strategy, which is, if anyone's listening to this and needs to beat this thing, is that the what we did was we had Mercy as our healer, big heals, heavy damage with Bastion, and and also some little bit of self-healing. I was Orissa, so I was barriering us, uh, but I can't heal. Uh, but I also can, like, use that shield thing or whatever. So I'm heavy damage and, like, a, like a tank, but without healing capability. And then Echo. Now, the, the key thing with Echo is, is that you need a lot of damage and you need a lot of healing in this thing. And like, I don't know whether Ryan would agree with this, but that fourth character was always the question. Like, do we do more heals? Do we do more damage? Do we do a hybrid? But if you choose a hybrid, they're not great at heals. They're not great at damage. They're just a hybrid sort of character. And Echo just chose what she wanted to be. She would mimic uh, Bastion to be the damage if we need more damage in that moment. If she need more heals, mimic Mercy. And it was just a perfect, like, the our Mercy died, and you guys drew this big guy's fire away from me at the end. This is the part we always died at. And I just ran over, popped my shield thing. My barrier was still charging, and I was starting to get shot through my shirt, through my thing down, revive Mercy, and then she flies over to the other two, Echo and and Ryan, and, the, and she, like, heals them up. And that ended up, like, just the constant heal and damage, heal and damage just ended up, like, unstoppable combination, really. Yeah, so that's pretty great. I'm glad we got that done, but we have to now take our learnings and get uh, Marty and Atorano over that hill. I don't mind that though. I don't mind going back through it. It's not like it's not like it pissed me off because I didn't want to be there. I was pissed off because I couldn't beat it, and then right. I was like, you know what I mean. So like now mm-hmm. I've beaten it. It's like, eh, like I have skin. I don't have skin in the game anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I don't. I don't really care anymore. Like I'll help, but I don't really. I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's hop into our stories for the week. Oh, also, I'm playing COD Mobile as usual. Uh, stories for the week. Oh, and I won. I came in first place in uh, Battle Royale. So, um, <laughs> how many? No, uh, just the one. I don't. I don't play Battle Royale often, just because I, it uh, gets my heart going too too much, and <laughs> I get I get pretty worked up, um, especially when you're down to like the last like two people. So, you want to hear something crazy about that? Actually, is mm-hmm. in Fortnite that would have happened to me as well. I think all I think all of us because we'd play Fortnite back in the day quite a bit, and my best wins are when I mastered not caring at the end. Mm. I would just sit there and be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And then I would just get the best win and be like, oh, okay, I win, GG. Like it was like you have to like keep your. It's like this is like this is like it's almost like physical training here. Yeah. It's like with, we, I had to train myself to keep my heart rate down <laughs> at the end of a Fortnite match because you start making irrational decisions, start getting scared. Yeah, start getting yeah. scared. Yeah. Uh, all right, the first story here is Sony is reversing course and will continue to sell PS3 and Vita games. Uh, this is from IGN. So in a letter to the community, Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan said that it was clear that we made the wrong decision here and that the stores for PS3 and PS Vita will continue to, to live on. However, PSP commerce functionality will still end on July 2nd, 2021. And he said, when I quote, uh, when we initially came to the decision to end purchasing support for PS3 and PS Vita, it was born out of a number of factors, including commerce support challenges for older devices and the ability for us to focus more 
of our resources on newer devices where a majority of our games are play, uh, gamers are playing on. Uh, we see now that many of you uh, are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PS3 and PS Vita for the foreseeable future. So I'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations. Uh, how do you feel about this? Do you think... Uh, now, Matt, you had, you had some conspiracy theories about this. You want to you share those? Um, I kind of was wondering... I kind of was wondering whether this is a way to sell to sell more titles, if that makes sense. So obviously, and this is just total speculation. I have no evidence. I don't even, I, I'm not even sure if I believe this is true, but I think <laughs> I made a comment in a chat where I was like, you know, it would be really interesting if they announced this closure, got some influencers and stuff like this to make videos. Cause I didn't ask them these influencers as far as I know to make these videos, but I saw at least one video of like, pick up these six games before you, before the place, like the game, the game store closes, whatever the PS store closes. And I wonder whether it was to drive sales. Now, again, that's totally tin, tinfoil hat, whatever, but it would be super interesting if it was done to a either sell PS now subscriptions, which, which may or may not be the case, but, it really to almost like like kick people in the ass who still have a ps3 even like to mm -hmm. be like hey you better buy all these games or like people that like adriano was saying that he was going to go back and buy six games or something i think he said because he right. was he wanted to ensure that he had the licenses mm -hmm. i honestly think this is just um uh sony and microsoft are in a battle of of goodwill at the moment and xbox is clearly winning that and so I think when they got all this negative press uh, that they were closing these stores, they they kind of had no choice but to reverse this course. It was kind of like when uh, Xbox raised the uh, Xbox Live uh, Gold subscription price. Everyone freaked out, and then they had to reverse that decision. You know, it's just it's it's kind of like these boardroom decisions that make sense when you're all sitting in the boardroom. Oh, here's here's a whole library of games that's costing us money, and and people aren't buying as much on here. Let's shut it down. Right. That that makes sense as a business. But then the, the people get angry and they're like, oh, well, we got to figure out a way to make this viable then. Well, what's weird, what's what's interesting to me, maybe it's not weird. What's interesting to me is that there's all these people that are angry. I want to know whether they were shutting it down based on age or was it due to activity? Like, I understand like you're saying that this is a good this is, you know, effectively a goodwill move. But. Is this almost like a goodwill move with no reward to them? Like, are they keeping the PS3 store up and only making 10 sales a day? Well, it, it sounds like they found a solution to make it viable uh, for them, right? Mm. Whether it's hosting this stuff on a cheaper server somewhere or something, who knows? You know, they must have found some way to, to make it worth keeping open. Well, that's the thing, too, is like, if, if you say... Like I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too upset if I, if they said, "Hey, we're slowing down the PS3 and PS Vita, the downloads, and the downloads right. will be limited because they're older." I mean, people will complain, but I mean, people complain about everything. So, I mean, that's it. It wouldn't be as as crazy. Like it's just sort of like, "Hey, this is older legacy stuff. We're just putting it in our legacy collection," mm -hmm. you know, uh, which makes sense too, because like uh, you you pay for your link speed as well, as far as I'm aware, depending on because I don't know what service provider they're with. Mm -hmm. So chances are they would pay for the, you know, max speed that they would offer and that type of thing. Because there's also options out there, too, where 
um, you can have things where let's say you have a like a a website or a web app that like runs fairly rarely, like, you know, you have just the occasional user, but you need it to be up for that user. You can have it so that the first like it kind of goes into like a sleep mode and just sort of like sits dormant. And then that first boot, like the first time someone goes to that site or logs in or whatever it is, it'll kind of boot back up. So it'll take, say, 20 seconds for the data to load in. And then after that, let's say more people come flooding in, they'll they'll load in a couple of seconds, depending on their internet connection. So like mm-hmm. they could have did something like that where it would just say, hey, you know, pending download, wait two minutes or something, you know. Uh, Tim, what's your what's your view on digital games and kind of this whole idea that they can just be taken away from you? I mean, it, it is strange, right, that we're in, almost in a sense just kind of renting rather than buying. Mm-hmm. Um. And I mean, to be fair, that's like kind of the agreement that you sign up for when you, you know, sign that contract every time you make a purchase on those platforms and stuff. But like, I mean, you also kind of have to think that nothing is forever. Um, You know, there's lots of stuff that you buy physically that doesn't last forever, um, whether that's based on you know, on any number of factors physically um, with enough time, right? So I can't see it ever becoming a thing where, like, distributors are willingly just going to be like, yeah, we're going to shut this down and, you know, thanks everybody for your purchases, but you can't use them anymore, you know, basically, fuck you, thanks for your money, bye. <laughs> like, that's it won't happen. Like, there's just too much that will oppose that whether it's through like legal means or pressures from other companies or things like that. It's, I just can't see it happening. If it did happen, I think there's worse problems in the world going on at that point. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like on, on one hand, it's like, yeah, that that would be really messed up. But on the other hand, you have to think about it. Like what is the situation in which this actually happens? And like you, if it's not even that mild and it's just like, oh yeah, you have access to these games as long as you're paying for the service or paying us this fee that you're, you know, whatever to rent them. I mean, you don't have to do it that way. If you don't agree with those practices, then play games some other way. There's hundreds of ways to do it. Buy the disc still. Yeah. There's, there are options, you know, it's funny Uh, that these games, Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think there's always going to be a number of options. I find it funny that these games aren't, because of the way Sony kind of set this up, they're all in their own kind of store, right? And it's funny that they're not all just part of one store that you can access, uh, even on the PS5 or whatever, even though if you can't can't play them on there. Because it's not like on an iPhone or Android device. They're like, games from 2010 can no longer be played on this phone anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's just always sitting on the server there, and you can go get it whenever you want, you know? Here well, they have these, 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 like, sectioned off, oh, these are PS3 games, this is the PS3 store. We're shutting that down. But you were able to still download like like the purchasing. The purchasing was being in the original plan. The purchasing was being turned off, but you were still able to download the titles that you had purchased. So they were still hosted somewhere. But for some reason, yeah, you couldn't buy any of them. As far as I know, that's what the plan was. Yeah, 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 because that's why people were saying buy them. So and so what cost would it be to them then if they're still hosting them somewhere and still servicing the downloads of them? Possibly to the payment partner, if there is one, something like right. that. Just total spitballing. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, keeping keeping it up, too, because you have to remember something like we played the first Diablo, actually, re- more like pretty recently in 2020, late 2020. And it went down. Battle.net for battle for for Diablo one went down oh, yeah. for like almost a month, <laughs> like three weeks. Yeah. And it's like you have to send someone in there. And you can't. The thing is, is Diablo one's fucking old, so you can't send someone like me in there because I don't know how the hell it works. You got to send someone that knows <laughs> how it works to fix it. Right. And hopefully right. it's just a reboot. And so you have that whole maintenance thing attached to it as well. You know, it's kind of what's scary about the world is like when something like that, when, when, like we're in Canada, Rogers just went down that one day. It's like, how do you find someone to figure that out to fix it? It's like if the if the world ended today, it's like we wouldn't. It would take us, I feel like, a long time to get back. Yeah, there's a lot of people that you have to rely on that have old knowledge. Yeah, it's just a surprising amount of technology that still relies on very old systems. There's, you know, it's 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 fascinating to me too that I mean I understand that humans are reactive or whatever, but it's fascinating to me too that like because I I work in web development right now and like there's there are there are like systems that are so simple or you would think are so simple. Like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you put in like a social media sharing bar. So I'm going to have, you know, the Facebook, Twitter and whatever, a few other social icons. And I've seen people install like 20, uh, plugins just to get something like that to work. And it's just like, dude, why don't you just like, nobody learn like it's starting to change a little bit. Like I can see the industry is kind of split between people that do it in this sort of like, the most advanced way and people that do it in the sort of most vanilla way. But it's still this thing where it, some people just don't think it's like, they're like, yeah, I just like download all this stuff, install all this stuff. And then I compile the site and then it works. It's like, yeah, but you're just putting in social media icons. Like what do you like, you know, if it's a big web app or something, fine. But the point I'm making here is that like each one of those plugins is built upon other plugins, which is built upon other plugins, which is built upon other plugins, which like it's this leaning tower of Pisa. That's probably how that Rogers thing happened. I don't know. I don't I didn't read the articles on it short of the shortage, the day of the shortage itself. So I don't really know what happened. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like some like someone someone's plugin of some other third party updated like that would be the and then all of a sudden just everything died. <laughs> Like it would be, yeah. it's, it's that simple. It's that easy yeah. of a thing to make the whole thing come down. House of cards. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Uh, in more PlayStation news, uh, PS5 will have more exclusives than previous console, uh, says Jim Ryan. Um, this is from GameSpot. So in a statement to the Japanese publication Nikkei uh, that was translated by VGC, Ryan seemed to downplay concerns that Sony was branching out to other platforms too much. Uh, and he says, uh, we have been quietly but steadily investing in high quality games for PlayStation, and we will make sure that the PS5 generation will have more dedicated software than ever before. Uh, I was just curious how important um, exclusive games were to you guys. When I was younger, does that, I does definitely affect your like, Yeah, it did for sure when I was younger. But like now, I mean, it's it's almost a non-issue anymore. Like, I think that's just because playstation just went so hard last generation with the ps4 having like a much better user experience to start off with and then just having that install base and then because of the install base there were so many more developers willing to develop for playstation and like usually the case was it's either on both or it's just on playstation so if you just had a ps4 you were pretty much good um but like now i don't know it seems like microsoft is is trying to do a bit of a better job with supporting 
uh cr- like different creators and stuff like that and that's awesome um i don't uh i i didn't i definitely didn't get a ps5 or an xbox uh series yet so uh it's harder for me to say but um i just had a ps4 and, and it was pretty much good last generation pc and ps4 and then for the occasional like switch game i wanted to play i was pretty much set so um personally i didn't really have to worry about it um it is definitely like you know the console wars is definitely something that's that's definitely very ingrained in like gaming culture um so it's it's one of those things where it's like you almost kind of want to see it continue because it obviously competition breeds innovation and stuff like that and you want to see different uh developments and stuff like that um but i don't i don't know just the with with the way that things are going it's 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 not a technology thing i don't think for the most part i think it's really going to just come down to like who's willing to pay who more money to have their thing on their platform for whatever period of time or for how much money or i think, I think maybe eternally who knows I think there was worry too because PlayStation is like starting to bring some of their games to PC and and they're wondering if like maybe they were it almost seems like there's no use for a console anymore if if they're going to bring it to PC you know because I I technically don't need an Xbox Series X because I have my PC Mm -hmm. right although you wouldn't have see there is that little bit that's that little little exclusivity thing where Outriders example is is on PC you can buy it no problem but outriders day one was free if you had game pass and only on xbox yeah and i, I probably wouldn't have and bought cloud it, maybe uh, but still if i if i didn't have it on game pass yeah like i mean you oh no and it, so it is definitely on cloud because i tried it um but like you for example can't use the cloud one mm-hmm. so you, like for you effectively it's exclusive for free on xbox right. now obviously you're right. paying for game pass but that's still something that's just worked into your budget at this point no additional purchase is is what i heard <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see whether even among the same platform, because things are becoming so one platform, like even among themselves, like kind of because Microsoft kind of has the PC and the and the uh, the console scene, right? Because they have the Xbox and they have mm-hmm. Windows. So even though Windows is more than just a console, but or, but like the thing is, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is, is like even with that being the being so samey, Microsoft might say, no, 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 like make sure game pass makes like pushes more people toward whatever PC this time. Oh, Xbox this time. So you still have that push and pull a little bit in terms of me buying something though, is like, I have a weird obsession with needing to run formats. I don't know what it is. Like, I'll be like, man, like I just want to be able to run all the formats. That's kind of why I buy both, but it's also community as well. Like I do have a community on Xbox and I have a community on, on PC and I also have a community on, uh, on PlayStation as well. So, like, I don't go to ham. I don't really go and buy the pro consoles, not normally. And I don't always have, like, the like the best PC. Uh, but I have something that's at least serviceable in each. Um, my PS4 was hardly serviceable near the end, but still. Um, so, yeah. So, it, the exclusives don't really matter to me because I don't really play exclusives either. Uh, I do, but I don't. I don't think about it much like uh, the Xbox and Halo 
is just something that's like grain ingrained into me. So like if I think Xbox, my brain immediately kind of associates Halo with it. But I understand there's more exclusives, but I just never think of it with PlayStation. You know, I'm not super into The Last of Us. Uh, I'm not super into a lot of their exclusives. I do like them. I like Days Gone. I like Ghost of Tsushima. I liked the first Last of Us, but it's just like I'm usually playing something like Outriders, Outriders, uh, Sea of Thieves, which is both. But there's no pull, push or pull either way. Uh, which is or not not PS5 but uh, PC and although that would be a hell of a release on PS5 but still I just I just find it funny because like kind of like the gaming press and, and whatever else even I guess Sony and Xbox to, to the, the same extent but so much emphasis on these exclusives right and yet in my little circle of friends here I'm the only one who really puts any weight into the exclusives I just find it funny you know? Do you think that are, are exclusives important to you in a in a in a you know industry? Uh, I mean, I guess I'd have to say yes because it does seem like PlayStation, the PlayStation Four, was successful in part because of their exclusives. Um, because it's like if you if you had to buy one console, you can you you're obviously going to buy the one that can play the the exclusives you want and the third party games. The PS Four mm-hmm. had both. Xbox had very few first-party games uh, in, in during the Xbox One series. It does uh, depend on what you want, though, too, because like the vast majority of the PlayStation exclusives were like JRPGs and stuff like that—the sort of things that aren't going to suit the demographic for the Xbox. That's You're very like a true. while ago, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm talking PS4, right? Well, but but PS4 had an amazing selection of exclusives. Yeah, I'm just saying the vast majority still were like jrpgs and stuff but even if you do get rid of those yeah it's still a big difference between uh xbox and playstation if we're only talking like major western titles yes yeah but the thing that a lot of people forget when they say oh playstation's got so many more exclusives is that yes there's like you know 100 more exclusive titles on playstation because 75 of those are jrpgs here's a question though like here's a question so like like Tim's right in that, like a lot of the like there's a lot of big, like huge blockbuster games like Last of Us. But like a lot of the games, because like we were searching actually, Ryan, on the PS store during some sales. And there's like a lot of JRPGs, which are exclusive to PlayStation on there. But here's the question, though. So you're not into JRPGs. So th- this is a question directly, I guess, for Ryan and or Tim as well. So you guys are let's just say you're both not into JRPGs because I don't think you really are other than maybe Yakuza and stuff like that. So yeah, for sure. You know, you're not like super into JRPGs. And everybody, and I mean everybody that you play with, says, that's it. We're going to Xbox only. Do you buy a PlayStation or do you follow the community above the exclusives? You're or, talking to me? Both of you guys. Like, Because if you think about it, the big, the big blockbusters, like the ones I'm talking about, Last of Us, those type of things, those were single player. So if you're talking financials, you could really pick those up way down the line when you pick up a used console and a used copy. Right. And well, there's no and the community like there is none <laughs> other than like on Reddit, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, I mean, we kind of made this clear when the PS5 was coming out. I, I, I'm a PlayStation fan be- because of their exclusives, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and just looking back at the PS4, you, you had things like Spider-Man, uh, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Days Gone, Last of Us Part Two. Heavy um, hitters, heavy hitters. And, yeah. And, and, and on Xbox, you had Gears and Forza. Right. Also good titles. 
also good titles, but, but that was like kind of it. Of <laughs> and so if you're if you're weighing the two consoles, it's like I can play all my third party games on both. So that's kind of taken mm. out of the equation, right? But you can't play your two. You can't play at least not in the beginning of the PS4. You couldn't play your third party titles uh, reliably or at all with friends if they were on Xbox. And now only piecemeal if crossplay is enabled by the developer. So if you really yeah. want to play with a community of people that are only on the Xbox, you like no brainer you would buy an xbox if you could yeah i guess that wasn't really an issue because uh at least when the ps4 came out right because there weren't crossplay wasn't really being talked about back then it was only until like fortnite and uh kind of pushed that uh mm-hmm. with that supposed uh when they when they flicked the switch on remember that oh uh rocket league did it too accidentally or something yeah it was someone like that yeah and then and then that kind of opened up the conversation is like why don't we have crossplay and then xbox kind of championed that um but at the start of the console generation i don't think that was much of a a calculation and people just went to the playstation platform i do have like i do like i'm into tech too like specifically so like i do have like a certain affinity for xbox as well and i'm like i said i'm a a weird affinity with also running all the platforms i'd so i'd have to buy all all or i always buy usually all of them but given that everyone like if you guys all went to switch then i would just be like on the switch all the time been there the whole time baby yeah but but see i would still buy a playstation i still would too but like given like if it was like today i had to buy it i can only buy one i would go with the community above the yeah well and it determines like what platform you're gonna buy your multiplayer games on right like you can still buy your Mm. playstation for your playstation single player exclusives but when it comes down to what platform am I going to buy all of my multiplayer games on? Like, you know, your, I mean, it's not on Switch, so maybe it's a bad example, but like, you know, your Battlefields and your COD and your, and your, uh, you know, it takes two and Among Us and Minecraft and, you know, whatever else you might want to play with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to, that's, that's which one that we're talking about, right? You know, what's interesting, too, is with this whole, like, streaming thing, I wonder if I wonder if there'll be a day where something like Stadia or even Game Pass, the cloud one, becomes, like, the main thing. Or it's like, that's it. I'm going to, like, like the, like the offerings right now are ridiculous from, say, Game Pass. PlayStation allegedly has some sort of competitor to them. Probably a relaunched PS Now, if I had to guess, but whatever. And let's just say there's, like, these, these crazy offerings are still happening, but they're even bigger now because now there's a big war. There might be a time in which it's like when the PS5 is all tired and done, people will be like, or like, even if it's not that right now, the PS5 kind of is my main console. But if Xbox keeps pulling me in with Outriders, Xbox is going to just naturally become my, my next console. So these streaming platforms might really seal the deal. The good part about that is, is that usually. Yeah, PS Now is included. I was going to say I was going to say uh, Stadia, but Stadia is not included in this. But if you sign up to one of these these streaming services uh, that gives you like a collection of stuff, which is not Stadia unless you have Stadia Pro, then everyone has the same games and you don't have to necessarily have a box. So like if you're playing those multiplayer games, like I think I mentioned this before, is that with these streaming games, I don't, I don't I'm not really a fan of streaming single player games too much, but because I have to rely on the Internet, but relying on the internet for a multiplayer game already happens. So like if I have to stream Overwatch as long as the latency's fine, like who cares? Cuz if the internet's out, I'm not playing Overwatch anyway. All right. Uh moving on to our next story here. 
uh, Discord reportedly uh, dismisses Microsoft's deal. Uh, this is from The Verge. Uh, the popular online chat app was reportedly in talks to sell to Microsoft in March for a price that valued Discord at over $10 billion. Discord was reportedly in talks with at least three other companies uh, besides Microsoft. Other past potential suitors included both Amazon and Epic Games, according to Bloomberg. Uh, but even with the big name options, Discord has reportedly decided to stay independent and consider a potential public listing to build on, on its success. Uh, Discord has around 140 million monthly users and earned about $130 million in revenue in 2020, but it still isn't profitable, according to the Wall Street Journal. Um, is this good? Is this bad? Do you think Microsoft, uh, or they should, should have sold to Microsoft? I know, I think Adriano thought it would be a bad idea. Mm. You know, to be honest, uh, I'm a little bit of a Microsoft fanboy, and so... <laughs> Like I've a lot of my like hardware decisions have inadvertently been good. Like I went I went from like a BlackBerry to Samsung and now Samsung's partnered with Microsoft and then like I have all Windows already and stuff like that. And uh like I just buy all the subscriptions that Microsoft has too. So like I'm kind of all Microsoft out, and so I'm inclined to say that I wouldn't mind just having Discord in to windows like instead of having the messaging system that xbox live and xbox game game bar and all that bring to the table the xbox app i would just prefer to have discord to be honest and then that would just mm. be a cross platform between xbox and pc anyway uh chatting thing now of course you can still do that with the xbox stuff but discord's a little bit more flushed out so and also with microsoft acquiring stuff sure back in the day they used to kind of acquire stuff and shut it down pretty quick but lately they've been acquiring stuff and doing good so uh, what, what do you th do you think there's something stopping discord from making apps on the uh consoles do you think sony and microsoft wouldn't allow that the app the app would have to run in the background yeah but i mean things like spotify can run in the background that they're partnered with playstation though I don't know how the Xbox One works, but the PlayStation Music shut down and then Xbox and then Spotify came in. Yeah. So right. I don't know if Spotify has to have a partnership to run specifically like that on an Xbox. I don't really use many apps, so I don't really know, but. Actually, just speaking of things running in the background, it's funny that uh, I just recently saw someone tweet that the uh, PS3 had the 256 megabytes of RAM. <laughs> What? No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Holy 360 man. had 512. That's why it yeah. could have parties run in the background. <laughs> Just having a double could allow you to have parties and the PlayStation couldn't. That's so funny. Man, and that was they were chaos running games too, like, like The Last of Us was on the PS3. Yeah. 256 megabytes of RAM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> what? It's insanity. Wild. Well, good luck, Discord. You know what? I bet you this is. I bet you they're looking at that public listing and realizing they could probably make more. Probably. They probably have the numbers. Uh, even though they're not, they're not profitable, but I mean, they're, they're definitely popular. So That's tech companies, though. Pay $2 to get a $1 client. Yeah, but uh, is this just off of subscriptions for, for Discord? What's it called? Nitro. Nitro? Is, is I that have only... Nitro, actually. Um, oh, wow. there are There are ways, other ways to support Discord, for sure, but... um. Like, I wish that there was more incentive for Nitro, because as it mm. stands, there really isn't all that much, and like a lot of people don't uh, don't buy it because they're like, it's just not there's just not that much to it, you know. 
What does it give you? Do you know offhand? Gives you the ability to use um, any server's emotes at any other server. Um, it gives you the option to boost. You get one boost per month, which is basically like per one um, use of or one purchase of of Nitro. You which boost a post or what? Boost a uh, a server, so it okay. lets you um, like. It lets you have like higher streaming in like higher streaming bitrate and stuff like that. You can upload pictures in higher quality, things like that. Just it's kind of just stuff that you would assume would be kind of just like baseline features. Um a lot of the time. So I don't know. It's like it's nice to have it and you definitely like you do miss it a bit when you don't have it, but at the same time it's definitely not like necessary. And it almost just kind of makes you wonder, like, why isn't this just, like, a base feature? But they have to restrict some stuff if they want to generate some income, right? Do you think it would be better if they put ads on the platform and then included ad-free support? I think it's been their part of their platform design since the very beginning. Not that to it's going to be ad-free, yeah. I think they'd be going against their, their own, like, culture to do that. I can respect that, though. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, you know what really... they could really add, honestly, is bots are like, you know, custom coded and all that. And there's like third parties that do it and yada, yada. It would be awesome to just have something that something that Discord made. You buy Nitro, toss it in any servers that you make. And it's just something that it's like easy. You go, they log into your Discord account on their site and you just type in like, OK, I want a welcome channel. I want to have roles. I want to have this and that. I want to have the bot manage it. That would be enough probably for me to buy it. They don't really rub it in your face either. I had to. I had a little trouble finding where to actually subscribe to Nitro. There's that too. Yeah, I always forget about it. I don't really think about it at all. It's not on the my phone. Settings and then and then it's under billing settings, but there's no like little like banner that says like get it now or something. That's true. Yeah, they don't really advertise Nitro very much they had that game store for a bit in 2020 or maybe yeah. earlier yeah very briefly they did i remember that see that would have been something that would have been interesting if you were a nitro a nitro member and you got discounts or something. yeah that yeah that would have been the number one biggest probably best way to uh to to push nitro when i put them into competition though with uh all these other platforms i think yeah. that's why they got out of it oh Particularly if you're only selling the, like the, the smaller games, I don't think that drives a lot of revenue. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's probably way more complicated than I even have any ability oh, to start yeah. talking about. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. Uh, Microsoft's XCloud uh, beta arrives on iOS and PC this week. This is from The Verge. So uh, it will officially arrive on April 20th. So it's already happened. Uh, the service will arrive on devices via browsers, uh, allowing Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers to play Xbox games on iPhones, iPads, and PCs. Microsoft is keeping this beta rather limited, though, and requiring players to be invited to participate in the testing phase. Uh, the service will be accessible at uh, xbox.com play. Uh, where Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers who've been invited to the beta will be able to play Xbox games through Edge, Chrome, or Safari browsers. Uh, more than 100 games will be available, and testers will be able to use a compatible Bluetooth or USB-connected controller or simply use custom touch controls. <clears throat> then we got a little quote here from Catherine Gluckstein, uh, Microsoft's head of xCloud. 
The, lim the limited beta is our time to test and learn. We'll send out more invites on a continuous basis uh, to players in all 22 supported countries, evaluate feedback, continue to improve the experience, and add support for more devices. Our plan is to iterate quickly and open up all Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members in the coming months so more people have the opportunity uh, to play Xbox in all new ways. So, Matt, you, you've already kind of got this, but not in a browser. Uh, do you, do you, would you prefer to use the app over a browser? Uh, on my phone, yeah. So I have a Galaxy, um, a Galaxy Note 10 Plus, and I would definitely use the, uh, I would definitely use the app over the, over the browser. Um, some of it is due to the fact that the when I connect when I connect the controller, if I hit the Xbox button, it just brings me right into the app actually, which is super nice. Um, so that's that's part of it. Now. The thing is, too, is is that it's this is going to be super interesting to see how touch controls work on on a browser. This is a browser running a game that's streaming in and you're touching <laughs> the browser like this is it's probably not like it's not that complicated of a concept because obviously we touch and like click and whatever on stuff on websites all the time. But I want to see that latency like I'm now I'm interested like that's super that's super interesting. Well, is is there any uh disadvantage to being in a browser in terms of performance uh probably not noticeable for something like this i would say um the only thing offhand i can i could think of is unless the browser has less hardware acceleration for some reason or something like that but you really don't have to worry about it because you're streaming it so really, you're just streaming like an advanced video stream and browsers, mobile or not, are well within the capabilities of doing that. Right. It's just really that latency, because if you click on a link on a website, IGN or anything, and you click and click the reviews button and you wait for all the reviews to load. I mean, <laughs> you can't wait as long as it takes for that review page to load for your car to turn in a game. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it's going to yeah. be interesting. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, is I'm not even talking like. You know, with a controller, I'm not like the latency would be. The latency should be fine because like this is like the browser is just a vehicle. It's just showing you. I'm just curious about those touch controls and see how those work. That's that's just it's probably like way simpler than I'm thinking in my mind, but it's that's super interesting to me. Now, uh, obviously, um, they don't have an app on on iOS platforms because of their little their little feud with Apple over kind of control over the App Store. Never heard Apple's, of Apple's solution was that Apple would uh, or Xbox would submit the games to Apple for review. So they had to submit every game on Game Pass for review. Um, and then probably even like purchasing the uh, subscription would have to go through Apple as well. Hell yeah. So Apple said, or you could use the browser. And so Xbox went and <laughs> made a browser version. But also Stadia and uh, uh, GeForce Now have also done the same. And How, uh, you how are those doing? Uh, I'm not sure in terms of like people using them, but uh, I have them on my phone, and you you couldn't tell the difference of them being an app or not. That's because great because when they're on your home screen, they replace like the the link you make with an icon, right? Mm -hmm. It looks like an app, and when you tap on it, it, it's not like it loads a Safari page, right? It literally loads a page that is only the app. It's probably a progressive web app, PWA. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and so it's 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 indistinguishable from an app. You wouldn't know this wasn't an app, you know. So I, I think it's going to be fine. I do wish Apple would ease up a bit on on the restrictions in terms of uh, 
game streaming apps. Um, but since they have this workaround, I don't know if they have any incentive to do that. I don't know if the phrase ease up exists in any Apple employees vocabulary. No. They, they've <laughs> eased up on a few things. But, but <laughs> I mean, streaming um, video is one thing where they did ease up. Um, so it is possible, but we'll see what happens. You know, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, uh, PWAs are like something that's up and coming. Apple has in the past supported them quite a bit. Obviously, they still support them in terms of like the technological side. The phones can use them. So what's super interesting about it is that the P- like the idea of a PWA is realistically almost like to do away with an app store. And right. Apple pushing things out of their app store. I realize this is one example and not all gamers are going to be using this and not all iPhone users are gamers. I get that. But it's just one of those things. Like maybe this is like a little crack in that the thing. First where, domino. Like what if the what if PWAs like they've been around for a while, but then the, like in more recent years, if you're on a certain website, like on your computer and you depending on your browser, you'll see a little install button. You click that and installs it like an app. It's a PWA, but it's still an app. And it runs great. Like it, if you have a low performance, like a like a ultrabook or something like that, that's like, uh, or a tablet, like a Windows tablet PC, whatever. Uh, you know, those web apps will oftentimes run better because they're just running the browser, right? So effectively, but they look like apps. It 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 would be, and some of them run offline too, uh, depending on what what they're used for. You know, it would be super interesting to see. If, what Apple would do if their app store starts to fall, if if our use cases for phones and this is total like 10 years out, maybe, you know, possibly roll a dice tinfoil hat even a little bit. But imagine a future in which Apple starts to lose control because they push people away. That'd be interesting. I, I think you're right. It is interesting. But so the app store makes so much money and people just go there like like out of habits mm-hmm. to get everything. You know, it would, it would be a hard habit to break i think it's Uh, funny to me being like not an apple user really at all and thinking of going to like one digital platform for everything like whether it's your music or movies or apps or what i I would never you don't have to in that sense you don't have to but like it's it's designed to be convenient that way for the user right this is where Um, i kind of get angry continue no that's pretty much it yeah I, I kind of get upset because as an Apple user, I am choosing this kind of walled garden, right? And I think that's mm. where a lot of people get uh, angry at Apple. And it's like, okay, if you're angry at Apple for having a walled garden, that's fine. There are options for you. Mm-hmm. But the people in the walled garden are there by choice. We want a single you know, entity controlling things because it does lead to a bit better of a user experience particularly me, I use all of Apple's like stock apps for my life, mm-hmm. right? I use their mail. I use their calendar. I use their messages. I use Apple music. I use Apple TV, you know, and it's just simple to go from one thing to the next and it all just work. Right. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, it's Google's kind of ending up doing the same thing with Android. Mm-hmm. Is you kind of end up relying on a lot of Google apps to do all the same thing. And I, I will admit that I do use Google for a lot of, of what I'm trying to accomplish. But at the same time, um, like I also have that freedom to, you know, if I want to download a third party app on my Android phone, I can do it. If I want to, you know, 
do these these things that require a little bit more freedom, I'm not locked by my, you know, software developer or by my hardware manufacturer mm-hmm. that like only certain things are allowed, which maybe I, I feel like that's where this a source of a lot of Apple users' frustrations is, is that it's more so that like if they want to kind of stray a little bit. You're screwed. It, 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 Apple has to give you permission. It. That's the thing. Right. You know what's interesting too with a cell phone is cell phones are just sort of like a thing of life now. And a lot of people, like you're saying, people are choosing to be in the walled garden. That's totally fine. Some people just choose an iPhone. They don't know what the hell they're getting into though. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll they'll be like, hey, what the f- like? Why can't I just see the files on the phone and you know yada yada? Yeah. And it's because oh, like Apple has the separate files app and everything's in like these little silos and that type of thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying Apple's perfect. Uh, I just, I just, I like the way they do things and I liked being, I actually like them controlling it. Uh, I do think they do overstep their, their bounds in some, in some areas, particularly in this case with the, the, the streaming apps, it's ridiculous <laughs> for Xbox to have to submit every single game, you know, to Apple for review when Microsoft's already done that, you know, so I think there's things where that they can work on uh, with the app store, but I think you are right, Matt, there could, there could be some small crack. Little crack in, in that in, the, in, in that little globe there, you know, in the snow globe, yeah. little one. Yeah, but the, it's not here. that it's not that big of an issue because the solution is already available on on MacBooks and and their Mac lineup, where you can go to any website, you know, choose any app you want and download it. So it's not the end of the world if it if it breaks on the iPhone. It's more they lose a ton of money if that happens. Well, here's the here's the main here's the question too though is is in this is like. What if Apple, and I think we've said this before, what if Apple is just going to make their own game store? They don't have to make any games. They don't have to become a developer. They don't have to become a publisher. All they got to do is buy a data center, build an app, stream the games. Yeah. So, you know, easier said than done, but also Apple's a huge company. So easier said than done for them, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what if they just do that and then they just say, yeah, too bad. Like you guys are, you guys have a little browser app and we have the top one. You know, I'm surprised they haven't gotten more into gaming. And I mean, obviously they, they're into mobile gaming. Right. Mm. Um, but I'm surprised they haven't moved into more standard AAA gaming with how, with how big it's become. You know, I, I'm amazed that their their Macs haven't like added more support for, for other graphics cards or anything uh, to actually support, you know, uh, higher end games. I wonder if that's something where they're just like they're so far beyond the point of adopting it now that they're just like to start to develop for gaming would be to admit that they weren't the best oh. at everything. So now it's like a hubris <laughs> thing. Well, I'll tell you what, though. They're switching over their entire lineup to their own developed Apple Silicon, which which is kind of blowing away current um, Intel uh, processors. Uh, so I wonder if they could actually make decent GPUs um, using their own Silicon now. Hmm. Um, I, that's, I that's literally the reason why. That's literally the reason why I invested in them because, because <laughs> I'm all I for was it, like, man. I want in on that. Like, yeah, I'm all for it. If if you know more more competition is always a good thing. I think, especially when it comes to goddamn PC hardware, like we <laughs> really need more supply. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our final story for the week. Um, Overwatch Two director Jeff Kaplan announced that he is leaving Blizzard. Uh, this is from GameSpot. So after nearly two decades at the Blizzard Entertainment, uh, Overwatch director Jeff Kaplan is leaving. Kaplan announced his departure in a personal statement while an official post on the Overwatch website wished him well and explained that he uh, what will happen 
to the game's management structure in his absence. Um, did Jeff Kaplan work on uh, uh, World of Warcraft at some point? Do you happen to know? Kaplan? Uh, I don't think so, but I can... Because he's Look been he's been at at Blizzard for a long long time, so let me um, just see if I can Google what he's done here. Yeah, yeah um, he was director for WoW. Oh wow, there you go. Oh wow, have, did, did, it's WoW. <laughs> Do you have a time period? Like, was he from the beginning or was he? Yeah, I'm looking it up here. Mm-hmm. Elements of WoW happens. Player versus environment elements of WoW, including quest design. The overall aesthetics for various dungeons and raids. He described his position as a medium between Metzen's creative elements and the programmers and artists of the level uh, design team. Yeah, so director. Sounds about. He was eventually named right. director of WoW, so. Yeah. Yeah, so he's had quite a storied uh, history at, um, at Blizzard. And obviously, as a fan of Overwatch, I'm sad to see him go. Uh, it does make me a little nervous about the future of Overwatch, but I think we'll be fine, hopefully. Um, anyway, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, he was there for what 2002 until this year, so mm-hmm. that's uh, you know, that's a long time. Is he just retiring? Is he moving on to make his own company? Because he's not the first one uh to leave. There were those other devs who you worked on StarCraft, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. That left to make their own studio to make their own uh, real time strategy game again because they want to keep the uh, the genre alive, um, you know, outside of StarCraft and and things like that. Their their uh, Civilization, you know, Hearts of Iron, um, Matt, you'll know better than I will. Um, RTSs, they they don't, or I guess you know, Civ isn't real time; it's turn based. But uh, real-time strategy, it's it's kind of lacking. Like, there's not a lot of uh, competition out there. The the genre isn't really reaching its full potential. I'd um, agree with that, yeah. What's like, the... C- like, Company Heroes 2 is still, like, super valid. And, I mean, the only thing off the top of my head, other than a bunch of indie games for sure, but the only thing off the top of my head is the New Age of Empires is coming out, which is a big thing. New Age of Empires, the Age of Empires Definitive Editions, which were the remakes of the old ones or the remasters whatever they were and um i mean really like people are just sticking with the same the same rts as europa hearts of mm-hmm. iron you know company heroes 2 yeah it's uh frost giant studios which has uh been established by two x blizzard developers um they're working on a real-time strategy game currently the co-founders tim morton and tim campbell are uh the ones heading this initiative and they say that their company is focusing on new RTS experiences. So um, it seems like it's going to be a, a um, studio dedicated to RTSs, which is an interesting uh, prospect. All right. Well, thanks for listening people. Now you can catch him on the Twitch. On the old Twitcherino, twitch.tv slash yeah, that figures. Again, like I said, lots of oblivion. Uh, but coming to the end of the Shivering Isles, so I think from there, um, there's not really that much else to do. <laughs> I've kind of done most of it that <laughs> I want to do with it. And uh, moving on to something new, I think I'm going to be starting up uh, Majora's Mask. And I might be 
just because I've been kind of playing it on and off and I really want to get more into it and more through it. Um, I've been playing enough uh, Monster Hunter Rise recently, so I think I'm going to be doing more of that as well. Nice. So if that's your bag, feel free to come on by and <laughs> let me know if uh, if you came from the podcast. That would be really interesting to, to know. Uh, we also stream on a Wednesday uh, around 8.30ish, I guess. Um, Twitch.tv slash Media. Almost said, yeah, that figures. <laughs> Damn um, it, come on now. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Peace!